coming up on this episode of the Average Sports Guys podcast. Shout out to the U.S. Women's National Team for winning back-to-back World Cup titles. Dallas Cowboys, should they pay Zeke or let him walk? And the Giants' six-round pick, Cameron Moore, got himself in trouble with his girlfriend. What's up with that? And we're going to do prediction winners of all the divisions, starting with the AFC and the NFC North. All that and more coming up next. You're listening to the Average Sports Guys podcast with Eddie and Marcus. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Yo, yo. This is Eddie and Marcus here. Yeah. The Average Sports Guys. This is the Average Sports Guys podcast. We're here for episode 12. Doce. That's right. Let's go. All right, so we're just going to get right on into it. Marcus wanted to open the show with... The U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. Um, let me just start off by saying, you know, over the past few years, might as well call it the past five to ten, these women have been dominating soccer for the most part. I'm pretty sure they ha- they just won like their fourth title, their fourth World Cup title, if I'm not so mistaken. Three, three or four. It's I know it's three for sure. It's three for sure, but I'm pretty sure they just won their fourth. And it's one of those things where I think that we do need to start giving um, – these women out here, they're they're just due because they have like this past World Cup, just they they were just a class above everybody else. Yeah, well, um, as far as talent, as far as talent, yes. So they're just a class above everybody else. I mean, it was just a wonderful, wonderful tournament. Um, saw some great teams. Um, a huge surprise though was Spain. Spain definitely played well, but I just wanted to give some kudos to just certain players on the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, Megan Rapinoe dominant force um six goals i'm pretty sure three of those were pks or penalty kicks um she has ice in her veins um she's that leader um you can tell that you know she is getting up there in age but she could still ball with the best of them and she was abusing defenders the Mm -hmm. entire tournament um julie urch um her biggest play was that crazy header that she had like off the back of her head into the (laughs) net and uh just to mention that julie urch is zach urch's wife he actually got leave to go and watch her play in the World Cup, which was really awesome. Yeah, I did see that. Because she wasn't uh, she wasn't there for him to, you know, really uh, really experience, you know, him getting to the Super Bowl and everything. So I think him actually seeing her win something is a big deal. Right. So um, also Alex Morgan, she had six goals total, but she got five of those in the first game against right. Thailand. Thailand. Yeah. That is that was a huge game. Um there was nothing you can do to stop her and then ever since she just got she was getting beat up, but overall amazing amazing striker. Um Rose Lavelle, um she was the glue, one of the glue, part of in my opinion the glue to the whole thing cuz she was just dicing stuff up midfield, sending people forward, you know, getting passes off Carly Lloyd, Kelly O'Hara. Um Mallory Pugh, um, Kristen Press, even my favorite player Tobin Heath. She has like she has the equivalent of what Iver- I, uh, Allen Iverson had in basketball as far as crossovers and and handle. She has crazy handle with her feet. Like there's <laughs> nothing you can do. She gets in the box and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. So um, like I said, it was a great tournament. Hats off to the to the women of the U.S. and they represented us well. Awesome. Yeah, I mean it's huge. Um, like I said, despite any of the the controversy behind anything with that team, right? Uh, we will leave that where it is. Absolutely, I mean, it's still an accomplishment. I mean, it's our country. Yes. you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, I mean, definitely shout out to them. 
And not only that, I think the only other team to go back to back was I'm pretty sure it was Germany. So I mean, yeah. we're the first team since uh, a, a, a soccer superpower like them to actually do it, which is a really big deal. Right. So that's awesome. Yeah. All right. All right. So in football news, we have Cameron Moore. Yeah. Six round pick for the uh, New York Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, as many of you may heard or, or have seen, you know, whether it's on the news, social media, whatever, uh, he got into a scuffle Scuffa. with his, <laughs> with his girlfriend. <laughs> um, and I didn't even find out today uh, until I was listening to the radio this morning. Yes, sir. Um, I guess apparently he uh, wasn't answering his girlfriend's call. No. Um. Whatever. She showed up at the house. He's walking out of the house with the other girl. With another John. Right. And I guess the two girls get to scrapping or whatever. Yeah. Um. He tries to break it up. His girlfriend, the one who showed up at the house, hit him or something, and he hits her and then steps on her neck or whatever. I don't know. Straight what. foot on the neck situation. And it's like we don't agree with any type of domestic violence or hands on women or anything like Hell that. Hell no. But. At the end of the day, um, he's going to get what he deserves. He's going to be suspended, possibly, possibly sure. p- more than likely, probably going to be cut, like you were talking about. Well, yeah, I mean, if the he's team done. is smart, I mean, a six-round guy, okay, he's he, not, he, yeah. he may be a diamond in a rough where he ends up being a good player, but you're a six-round pick. You weren't that high of a grade. Right. You're out here acting a fool. Cut, cut ties. Yeah, you yeah. just let him go. Absolutely, and that's not to mention all the stuff that he's going to have to incur legally off the field. Right. So it's it's not worth the headache, and um, it's ju- it's just not okay. And in my opinion, it's one of those things where um, he, as a player, needs to evaluate, or even as a person, as a human being, right. needs to really evaluate who he is as an individual, especially somebody who. L- in my opinion, who's going to lose their opportunity to play in one of the greatest leagues in the world. Yeah, so all sure. over something dumb. Right. And uh, my last point about it is why are you put, why, why do pay players continue to put themselves in certain situations where they're screwing up potentially millions upon millions of dollars over foolishness? Right. That's well, crazy. see, this, I mean, 100% avoidable, right? So 100% avoidable. The, uh, I don't want to say normal, uh, but the average person, first of all, okay, you don't cheat, right? Then that, that's where you draw the line. (laughs) So that could have been avoided that way. Yeah. Um, But yeah, whether it's this or the guy fighting the cops, was it Malik McDowell? Malik McDowell, Um, yeah. You know, uh, the guy earlier, it was like one of our first couple episodes, he's from the Jags or something like that. He had gotten himself in trouble. Um, yeah, um, I can't remember his name. Was it Fournette? Now. Was it Fournette? It might have been Fournette. He might have he might have screwed himself up again. I'm I can't sure. remember what it was a DUI or something, but it, it's just I like it you see it all the time. These players they oh, they really? they go out, they go to the club. Some somebody's gonna test you, right? You know what I mean. So again, no matter what the issue is, the, it all comes back to like you were saying. Whether it's security, whether you have drivers, yes. whether you have you know just people around you yes. that aren't gonna let that other stuff get to you personally. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm not them. You know right. what I mean? Everyone comes from a different walk of life, background. 100%. I mean, what have you. Me personally, I just stay home. You <laughs> know what I mean? You and me both, bro. Like, <laughs> we, <laughs> do, we do minimal running around. So, again, right. we can't relate to that. Also, we weren't that star athlete since we were a kid all the way through high school, through college, and then you go into the pros where – 
you know, there's fame and notoriety and everybody thinks you have money. Right. You know what I mean? And and I'm just speaking more or less for him as far as six round pick. Right. Rookie, you know what I mean? So there's there's all these different things that are all these different factors. factors. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't know, but I would think you would, I guess, cherish that opportunity of, of being in the league. That Absolutely. You, you know what I mean? I, I mean, it's no different than like you're a teacher. You know, I work a normal job. Like we, we work normal jobs. Right. We're normal people, mm-hmm. but we're not out doing that type of stuff. Right. For what? You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you're still going to be held accountable potentially at your place of employment. 100%. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It's it's an age old question. Age old question. I mean, nobody can answer it. You know what I mean? Not so. at all. So, but yeah. So moving away from that, we'll get into sticking, I guess, within the NFC East. Not necessarily by by choice, but it, these are break uh, headlines. Absolutely. So we'll get into the Dallas Cowboys and whether they should pay Ezekiel Elliott um, or let him play out his contract and. And or sit out if that's what I, I believe that's what he's threatening, right? Is to sit out. He's gonna sit out and hold out a camp, and then until he gets a new contract, similar to the Melvin Gordon situation, right? Except he's literally top three which, in the league. Which, like I said, the Le'Veon Bell mm-hmm. thing strikes again. You said you said that so, last episode. But yeah, so I mean, what's your take on it? So, in my opinion, I think the Cowboys, for lack of a better way to say it, are pussyfooting around two big players that they either have to play or let go, and that is Dak Prescott or Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. Um, here's my take on the situation. He's the last person. Well, I don't want to say last person, but as far as what makes up the bread and butter of their offense, he's the last person on plan right now because he's always in trouble. Yes, he produces. Yes, he's, if not number one, he's the second best running back in the league. He's not at the forefront of my priority list right now just because of. Um, I think as a GM, if I were to put my Cowboy GM hat on right now, mm-hmm. um, I would probably try to get Dak done first, then Amari, and then – um, Ezekiel Elliott, why am I saying that? I actually did a little bit of research, and I actually looked up, well, out of the past five or six Super Bowls, what was the running back situation looking like on each of the teams? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think two or three of those were uh, – one, two, three of those were by the Patriots, and then you have my Eagles, the Denver Broncos, and Seattle. And only one of those teams had a true star, like, starting running back, and that was Marshawn Lynch. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody else had running back by committee. Right. Because this leads me into my next point. Why pay Zeke all that money? Not only is he a headache, but what if the year you do pay him, he gets injured? You're on the books for that much money, and then who are you giving the ball to? Who's the, who's right. the, who's the second guy? Right. So, yes, he puts up great numbers. Um, he puts up pretty much 1,000 or even almost 1,500 almost every year. Um yeah, he's he's great, but there is a cliff. There is going to be a point where it's just going to drop. Where he, I mean, he is, you know, carrying the ball about four or five yards a carry. But at the end of the day, he's a headache. Um, there is a there is a cliff, and is he really that much of a priority? Because most Super Bowl teams, like I said, within the past five years, have gone running back by committee. So that's my standpoint. Yeah. On so I I pretty much agree with you. Um, Again, nothing to do with the fact that I'm a Skins fan and 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 I hate Dallas because right. I'll, I'll give them their just due as I have on previous episodes. But yeah, yeah, I mean, number one for me is 
him staying on the field. And it hasn't been because of injury. It's been because of him being a knucklehead. Right. So while on the field, yeah, I mean, he's always a threat. He always has to be accounted for. Bro, um, he's a problem. Yeah, for sure. So you have to think, okay, he's not going to take a home down, uh, hometown discount. Nope. Just like uh, they were saying uh, Dak Prescott won't. So now, like you said, and everybody else says, okay, so you have these two players. What do you do? Can can you sign both? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Do you let both walk? Or are you picking one or the other? Let's stick with the scenario of them picking one or the other. I would assume they would go with Dak Prescott. While right. he's not an elite quarterback, mm-hmm. he, to me, is above serviceable. Right. He has Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They have um, a few other weapons in the basket. Well, they right. got Jason Witten coming right. back. They got Randall Cobb. They right. have um Now, Tavon again, Austin. these are – yeah, so these are mostly older players past their prime. Right. But, again, they're still serviceable. Dak can get them the ball. Like you said, most of these teams in the league, it is running back by committee. Yep. So, yeah, I mean – because of the headache, because of the devalue of the, of the position, which, I mean, I love running backs. I love a, a, a strong running game because it does open up and set up so many other plays, um, so many other options. Absolutely. But you can, to me, you're more likely to find a serviceable or above serviceable running back mm-hmm. in the draft via trade, however, a free right. agency right. Uh, versus a quarterback. Right. I mean, just look at Washington. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, from RG3, he had that great year, 2012, electrified city, the fan base. Killed it. Uh, got himself hurt, you know what I mean, but was never the same. When the draft was coming up. I mean, I was one of them. I was living in Virginia at the time. Mm-hmm. I went and got a personalized license plate with RG3 right. on it. I'm I'm thinking this is the guy. Yeah. So again, there's a lot that goes into the quarterback position. It is the single most important position on, on the, the field. field. Yeah. That and then look at Alfred Morris, right? When uh, he was with us that year and yes, even sir. the year after. Yes. I mean, yeah. he was a hell of a running back. Start his number started to tail off. Mm-hmm. He bounced around or he went to Dallas. Mm-hmm. He's he's been okay. Right. You know what I mean? And I mean, I don't even know where he's at now, but that's what I'm saying is there are very few elite running backs. But even at that, you're still taking hit after hit after After hit. hit. So, I mean, to me, if like you said, you put the Dallas Cowboys GM hat on, I'm sticking with committing to Dak, Mm -hmm. um, assuming he has a similar or better year than he did last year and years prior. If he goes out and just stinks up the joint and is just regressing it and Zeke plays and he doesn't hold out and he actually plays and he does well. I mean, then I don't know. Um, right. But, yeah, I mean, conventional wisdom would say lock up the quarterback, go forward. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's my take on that. But right. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. we've seen Dallas do some crazy things. Right. Just just like, I mean, we've seen Jerry, Washington. Jerry Jones. Yeah, I mean, Washington's <laughs> done, done some crazy things too. You know, right. keep kicking the can down the road with the Kirk Cousins situation. So. Right. I don't know. I, I mean, mean, my last point is is that you guys have a decent offensive line right now. So if you're going to cut ties with a running back, I mean, you want to do it while your offensive line is literally top five. Because mm-hmm. you can literally, like you said, put any serviceable guy back there, and you're going to get similar-ish production. Right. Where you're going to get like three to maybe four yards carry. Right. Which I mean, is, is, he a, is, is, is the next guy up a home run threat like Zeke? I mean, no. he hits the right hole, gets past that second level. I mean, he's gone. He's gone. Potentially. Potentially. Or, or you're looking at 20, 30, 40-yard gain, and, and, and that's the thing. So – but are you okay with and are you trusting the fact that um, 
or can you trust Dak to air it out to Amari Cooper and some of those other deep threats to make up for right. the the lack of gains on plays with Ezekiel Elliott? Yep. So, I mean, I don't know. To me, again, I'm paying uh, Cooper. Yes. I'm paying Dak. Yep. And you also have people on the other side of the ball you're going to have to pay. Right. You know, uh, Vander Esch, when he comes up, you're going to have to pay him eventually. Yeah, because he was, he was a rookie last year. Yeah. So – I mean, he's, he's still got, got time, but still. Well, yeah. But well, then he was their first round pick, so they'd have that fifth year option. Had that fifth up. year so, yeah, option. Yeah, they do have time, but again, they're going to be to me. There's going to be far more important positions yes. coming up sooner because Zeke's not going to take a obviously an extension of one year or anything. He's going to want his money, like his money, because that'll be it as far as this huge contract. Yes, sir. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, like, like, I mean, we're dragging this out a little bit, but it's, it's okay. I, I think honestly, you probably get more value by trading him now, um, and packaging him in with like some first round picks or a couple of firsts and maybe like a fourth. Yeah, and then get more value that way than like, give paying him all this money and then there's a cliff and then you're on the hook for that money, that many million dollars. So yeah, that's well, what I would do. Yeah, for sure. And 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 there's enough teams to me, in my opinion, that would want a star running back oh, and, yeah. and and not just want but actually need a great running back. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean there's there's options. Um but again, there's there's that. So yeah. well let's get into uh and we talked a little bit about this last time we recorded, but we didn't talk about it on air, was the um eighteen game schedule. Yes, sir. So, you know, everybody's been kicking that thought around. Yes, and, sir. And all that. So I, I'm for it only because I mean, if there was a football game every week all year, I'd be fine. <laughs> um, but yeah. now, obviously, there's there's a lot that goes into that. There's the NFL Players Association. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're gonna have to agree with that. So there's gonna be some language and and work around between the league and the owners and then the uh, NFLPA to make sure the players are on board. So you were talking a little earlier and, and I won't take your point, but we'll get to it. And and it's a good point. Mine was, well, from, for, for those who haven't heard, there's, I've heard a few different stories, but basically an 18 game schedule where they will have the player, the players can only play in a max of 16 games during the regular season. So People would freak out and say, well, you know, not heck no. Like, why would I want that? Because now I'm not going to see my star players and this and that, blah, blah, blah. But you have to look at it like this. First of all, injuries will take care of of a lot of those players sitting out that game or two, well, two games. So um, there's that. Then it's not like your whole starting defense is not playing or your whole starting offense is not playing for two games straight. It's you have to mix and match. It's more of management, right? And so, management. so with that, I'm fine. Um, you definitely have to increase roster size, yes. game day roster as well, because there's a 53 man roster. Yeah, and then I would, I think it's like 43 or 46 players dressed for the game. Yes, so you, those numbers would have to increase. Um, I'm for it, especially if you can take one or two of those preseason games away mm-hmm. um why not because i mean you go to most of these games uh for those that go to preseason games the concessions first of all are full price depending on who is um is is playing i feel like 
the tickets for a preseason game are pretty damn near close to. Oh, they're very similar <laughs> to like regular season games. Yes, so sir. I'm like, okay, I'd rather spend that money to go see live action, real play, not you know fourth, fifth, and sixth round guys who aren't going to be on the team two weeks after that game. Right. So. I don't know. I'm for it as long as the player's safety and health is number one there you and go. they can figure that out. Mm-hmm. So which I'll segue that into what your point was before, you know, we started recording. Oh, yeah. So I'm the only way that I'm for it is if they throw in a second bye week. Um, I think by doing that and extending the season a little bit, I think I would be more likely to actually be on board with the 18 game schedule. Um, just because I think if you have like, if you break it down where it's like a, at least a four game gap in in between bye weeks and then there's no back to back and you structure it that way, I think it Mm -hmm. would probably be a little bit more palatable to have an 18 game schedule. But like you said, there's also a bunch of other factors that you have to consider. You have to extend the roster. Um, you have to, you know, consider with the fact, well, are, is it, is it really, you know, financially beneficial? Are you going to increase the cap? Are you going to um, pay players more because they're playing an actual an extra game? Um, is there going to be a cap increase? Well, naturally, if you're bringing in more players, the cap actually has to go up. But right, which I mean, it traditionally goes up every year. It goes anyway. up, yeah. So but yeah, with the increased roster, yep. um, yeah, you you would because you got to pay these extra players, yes. you know, because they scramble around just to you know all the magic that their contracts guys do to make sure they're under the cap for right. the players that they have. So Absolutely. Yeah. In a hard cap league, you have to make sure you have enough to, to be able to run that situation. And then also, on the flip side, I've, I've listened to podcasts. I've actually listened to news reports of, of players actually talking about this. And they're, they're, they're pretty much split, but also the ones who want to play or don't mind an 18-game schedule, a lot of them are like, well, if you move me to an 18-game schedule, I don't know if I'm going to want to take a game off because that's me affecting my stats and my bottom line for the remainder of the season. So I don't think if I don't think that there are going to be too many players that really want to sit out, sit out because everybody in the league, in my opinion, is for the most part a natural competitor. It's right. just a more it's just more of a management piece on the coaching staff as to who plays and how many downs and what your rotations look like at that point. Right, which and would so make it uh, actually, in my opinion, a little bit more interesting. Right, and and so you figure, okay you know, players or teams are playing the, you know, the soft part, quote right. unquote, soft part of their schedule. So you can give, you know, some of those top tier guys, oh, less reps, like, yeah, like time off, you yes. know, Hey, you're going to go ahead and sit this one out, blah, blah, blah. To me, I'm more in line with you in the fact of give us two bye weeks. Yep. Don't have the first bye week for anybody start until after week four. Yes. Um, and then, like you said, and then no one can have a bye week, you know, like once you've had it, it's got to be at least four more weeks yeah. until you have it. Again, I'm just spitballing again with all those different teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have to kind of figure out how, how all that would work. But, I mean, essentially two bye weeks would, to me, be fine. Right. Um, because... You figure the practices are going to be light. Mm-hmm. They have that bye week. They're typically off. So, I mean, it could work. I think I think that would work. I think the fans would be more behind that because now they know, okay, unless my my players hurt, my favorite player or, you know, my star players are hurt, right. they're going to play, so I'm more likely to go. I'm more likely to watch. I'm right. more likely, you know what I mean, to consume that product. So, yep. I, I mean, I don't know. But, again, with the increased roster size, 
I think that'd be great yes, because sir. now some of these bubble guys in camp that won't make the team just due to sheer numbers could make the team. And, I mean, you might develop some studs who when, okay, case in point, the Redskins, you have um, Jonathan Allen, okay, he's got to figure out how to sit two games or Deron Payne or Matt Ioannidis. But yeah. then you have a young Tim Settle coming mm-hmm. in. Now, okay, I know – he 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 played well in spots last year. Right. He was a rookie. So you would think, okay, natural development, he'll do well this year. So now let's just say that was, you know, in place this year. Right. I'm comfortable with him playing, you know, filling those gaps of, of, of those two games here and there and, and stuff like that. So if you can have more people on the roster, I mean, I think that'd be great. But ultimately, yeah, I'm for it because I eat, breathe, and sleep football. Right. But I would like to see the two bye weeks. Right. Versus that, you know, players having to sit out for the two games. Absolutely. And then, you know, I really liked your point about the development of players in general. If mm-hmm. you have deeper rotations or more rotations of players, like right. even for instance, for my secondary, um, guys like Maddox, um, uh, you got Rasul Douglas, all those guys in, this, in the backfield, they have time to rotate in to get more experience. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of their experience came last year in the playoffs, Right. you know, when a lot of guys were hurt. But mm-hmm. if you can develop a deeper rotation, I think long term you could develop a better product. Right. 100%. And, yeah. And then so some of your star players don't have to play every single down. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. you have you have more to rotate through. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, that'll be interesting to see how it, it moves forward. Forward, if and or when it ever you know comes into place but yeah there you go so we did say um we are going to talk about uh each of the divisions for both the afc and nfc so we're just going to do our own fun little uh, divisional winners as far as who we predict to win so this week um we're going to start with the afc and the nfc north mm-hmm. uh so we'll just give our predictions and just like a quick little reason why right uh, so i'll let marcus go first so with the AFC North, I was going to go ahead and take the Cleveland Browns just because how Me deep too. that roster is. Yeah. You know, they have <laughs> Odell. They have, um, what, Landry. Um, their defense is stout. They have Baker um, Mayfield. Miles Garrett. Their quarterback is Baker Mayfield, who's a gunslinger. They got some um, running backs. They got some running backs, even though, what, Kareem Hunt, he's, he's kind of screwed right now. But they still have other guys like Nick Chubb, um, mm-hmm. Duke Johnson, guys like that. They're, they're, they're stacked across the board. Their offensive oh, sure. line is still straight. Um, corners are, are legit. I think they're going to make some noise this season. I'm actually going to pay attention to one of their games. Well, oh, actually, yeah. well, actually, probably more than one, just because I want to see Odell and Baker go off. Right. Well, and and yeah. So uh, again, I'm I'm in agreement with you. Um, I think I think this is their year to yeah. finally win the division, get into the playoffs. Um, it'll be great for their city. Oh, absolutely. Because you saw how it was when they put Baker in. Oh and yeah. He actually did well. I mean that city that fan base just went nuts the whole team rallied behind him so i think um i think i think they're definitely um a contender to win the division um they just to me on offense they have too many too many weapons they to me have traditionally had a a decent or good defense right so yeah um yeah so okay so we're in agreement there um on the afc so for the nfc um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Bears. Uh, reason being, Mitchell Trubisky, a lot of – I mean, make your jokes, do what you want. Right. Um, last year I thought he he did better. 
You know what I mean? Oh, I absolutely. Thought, yeah, he was I a game he did, manager. Yeah, I thought he did well. And, you know, not every – so the thing is when other quarterbacks dink and dunk down the field or hand the ball off or, or hit the back on the flat, um, everybody's like, oh, they're just a game manager, Alex Smith, right? When Tom Brady, he's not hitting home runs. Every no, he's, time he's, he's, a, he's a textbook game manager and has how many Super Bowl ranks? Right, <laughs> right. He's he's moving people around based right. on what the defense is showing him, and just obviously his tenure in the league, he he knows the right. game in and out. So Trubisky's clearly got a long way from there. And I'm by no means comparing the two, but what I'm saying is when somebody like a Trubisky or an Alex Smith or hell even Kirk Cousins um, is labeled as a game manager. It's like a it's it's like a looking at it like a knock when it's really not right, but Tom Brady does basically the same thing all year. So no, I'm taking the Bears. Their defense, Khalil Mack. They've I mean they've got they got ballers. ballers. Yeah, the defense is stout. So yeah, I, and you know I'm gonna take I'm gonna take them as well. I'm in agreement with you. Um, and also I wanted to highlight Allen Robinson and Tariq Cohen. Um, they are the bread and butter of that offense, and they're legit. So yeah, I totally agree. So those are our picks. Yep, so we will get into more divisional picks next week. That is all the time we have for the show. So, as always, like, subscribe below, leave a comment, let us know what's up. Go to our website, AverageSportsGuys.com. All the links to our social media is there. Yep. And, as always, we thank you for tuning in. Yeah. We'll see you next time. We are out. All right. Bye.